Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love talking to creative people about how they do their thing, how they keep it going. Today my guest is an old friend of mine, filmmaker PJ Castellaneta. His movie Together Alone is having this resurgence in France, and I've wanted to talk to him a long time for the podcast, so this seemed like a great time to do that. So before we get to the interview, though, I want to encourage you to check out DennisAnyone.net. I've been doing a little refurbishing on my website, and one of the things that I put up there are all of the episodes of Imagined Life, the Wondery podcast that I write for, all of the episodes that I wrote the script for. So you can go to DennisAnyone.net, click on Imagined Life, and then all of my six episodes so far are up there, so you can listen. It's really cool. All right. Um that's enough for the plugs. How about that? I want to thank the, the folks that have donated to my virtual tip jar. Um, you can also do that on my website. It helps me pay for the expenses that come with doing the podcast, and I really appreciate it a lot. All right, without any further ado, here is PJ Castellaneta. Hey there, I'm coming to you from the beautiful Silver Lake home of my old friend, filmmaker PJ Castellaneta. Hey. Welcome to the podcast. I, it's so nice to be here. We just had delicious sandwiches. Thank you very much. Sure. Yeah, not, not a lot of... Um, I've interviewed Madonna. She didn't give me a sandwich. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Now, well, I have known you since the early 90s. We dated. We dated. Because I... You made a movie called Together Alone. I did. A wonderful um, indie gay romance story. The original, original yes. $7,000 yes. indie queer Film. And I read about you in Frontiers magazine, and I was like, I want to meet this guy. And so I somehow stalked you, but I don't know how we did that back then, because I, I wouldn't have emailed you. I, I wouldn't have texted you. I must have written a letter. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And you know, I have no recollection either. All yeah. I remember is that... But you were living on... You were living in Los Feliz. Right. Right. Yeah. In a horrible apartment i thought it was charming i i hated that place that okay. place was like a living hell i mean it's not as nice as this place this place is swank but well, uh swank's a strong word <laughs> I, I like it it's great um yeah but the early 90s because yeah. of that film and the reason we're here today is also because of that film it's having a renaissance in france yeah yeah well it's always it always it did well in france yes and um and actually it did well enough where they funded Relaxes Just Sex, the people who distributed it in France. Followed up your, your they funded your follow-up movie, Relaxes right, Just right. Sex, which you may have also seen. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I mean, you know, me, Josephine Baker, were very big in Paris. Big in France. You and Jerry Lewis, Josephine <laughs> <Right>. Baker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so. so cool. So what are they doing exactly with the film now? Okay, so what happened was a few years ago, someone reached out to me, I think on Facebook, which I'm hardly ever on. I go right. on maybe, now I'm going on more because I'm trying. You gotta, you gotta, pro, you gotta move those, right. you gotta promote, <laughs> Let schmooze. people know that it's happening. Yes. And um, like we were talking about before, you know, all the rights eventually came back to me. Right. And you know, it was a long drawn out process. It took forever to get made, it took forever to get distributed. Had the highest per screen average in America for two weeks in a row. When That's very exciting. It was. It was. And I really thought, oh, I'm on the beginning of my right. filmmaking career, which, you know, spoil alert. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's... I know. I know. You've come to the right podcast. <laughs> um... And so, um, you know, so I've had, I mean, look, I have like the materials in the closet next to the bathroom. Of the yeah, film. Of the film. How many boxes does it take to hold everything? Uh, I'd say 
three maybe. Okay. Three of those like um, right. packing boxes. And they're and it's film. It's, it's film. Is it reels in a can? Yes. Yes. Wow. And it's negative and it's positive. Right. right. And uh, you know when we came, and I'd never digitalized it, uh, or you know. Um, I mean, we, we put it on VHS, but other that's than the that, only that's the the extent of the right. home video world of it, right? And yeah. so that all reverted back to me, and like I was saying, you, I thought, well, one day I'll burn it, and yeah. I ran into somebody at some point. You thought you would burn it? You yeah. Seriously, thought I'm gonna burn it one day? Yeah. Just because? Just that's let it behind as a catharsis? Yeah, because you know it's like look, you know, I did it at a time where you know we were trying to get the queer film movement going and just do it on your own. Nobody is going to help you. No one's going to do it. You just got to do it yourself. Kind of like now. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, it is. It is. Everybody that comes on this podcast, they tell the same story. Oh, you know, it's so funny. I heard something the other day in one of your podcasts. Yeah. And, you know, and you're talking about, it's always interesting, the, the current state, a queer film. Right. Although it's also interesting that just last night, The Boys in the Band won, won the Tony. Yeah, which is wonderful. Because I'd met the guy who wrote it. Really yeah, nice. I loved guy. when he dedicated it to the actors from the original cast who, despite their agents' warnings, did the, did the show. Yeah. I thought that was really powerful. Yeah, and he paid a big price too, yeah. the writer, you yeah. know, trying to, you know, do it, you know, because it came under such attack over the, you know, you know, yeah. we, we look at it now, and it's been reimagined. I understand, right? You know, um, but you know, back then, it's like wow. There was a period it, of time in there where it was kind of a bummer. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> we didn't like, like to think that. No, and and that, he paid the he paid the professional yeah. price for that, right? Um, so you know, so it's interesting to see you know this this stuff go away, then come back. Yeah, and, you know, and so you know, I made this film. I'm glad you didn't burn it. Yeah, well. Wait till you see it again. You might, after you see it again, you might think, oh. No, I want to see it again. Um, I, we're here today because of that movie. Yes. Yes. So, so someone, some Frenchie got in touch with me and saying yeah. we want to. I mean, I'm here with you because yeah. of that movie. Yes, yes, yes. So, because it's... If you burn that movie... Well, now it's already you, digitalized. Okay. So, so Okay, so it's not going to get burned. Um, okay. Crisis so, averted. And I still would like to actually redo, like... Parts of it and redo the music sure. and, and do a full restoration because yeah. even though this is we repaired a lot of it, yeah, you know, it's like every repair costs like a couple hundred dollars, right? So <laughs> you, you gotta pick your and stuff, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Got, you gotta pick your battles. And so they, they reach out to you, reach out, they said we'd love to show it. They had an in at Can or Con, and yeah. um, you know, because they the Con Film Festival has. Uh, a revival like they have every year they have a right. section where they bring but I didn't think it would get in because not only did it play at Berlin it won the best gay film and it also won best um, art house film nice and and festivals um, tend to like to remember their own right right things. but the French guy thought they could get it in and came down between us and a French film and yeah guess who the French pig all right so which is you know fine but, you know, so these distributors are small, but they're, you know, respectable and, you know, and um, they kept at it. And um, so it's opening uh, on the 26th. It's opening in Paris. Yeah. They already had a sneak peek with a discussion afterwards. And, you know. Who discussed? Well. It, Who led the discussion? Like. I don't know, quite honestly. Yeah. I didn't. A- I don't yeah. really ask a lot about okay. these things. Just what they sort of tell me. Right. Uh, I guess I should be more. 
But we were discussing... It should be a hologram of you. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Well, which I might do, because I had been planning on going to Paris, and now it looks like I won't be able to go. And I think you should because, go. I know. I can still just hop on a plane on Sunday and just I go. I vote for go. I know. I, I know, know you're on the fence, and I know there's, I like, know. like, money stuff and yeah. things, or yeah. you never know I how mean, much anything's going to cost. But, you but, know, I, I've never loved doing the festival. I mean, I there were so many film festivals I didn't do at the time, right. because I couldn't know. I had to work. Right. I was making like I was working at a clerk at Warner yeah. Brothers, making yeah. twenty thousand dollars a year. And right. you know, it's like I'm not an A-list gay. I've right. never been an A-list gay. Right. I've never, you know, had those wonderful jobs. You know. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, I dropped out of USC film school because I couldn't afford to go on anymore, and I worked as a PA. And you know, I mean, you know, that's, you know, you look, you make your choices. You know, and especially, you know, I made the first gay film at USC. And there's a price to pay for that. You right. know, people, you know, USC wasn't really They weren't quite it. ready for it yet? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I actually got marked down by one teacher. What was it about? Um, it was about bathroom sex and okay. college love. And it's about a guy who's in love with his roommate, and he's never had sex before, and then he discovers the bathroom. Right. And his roommate has a girlfriend, though. And then he goes to the bathroom, and like the third time he goes in, he finally gets the courage to go in the bathroom to do some cruising. Right. He recognizes the boy, the boy, the, oh. boy, the, the roommate sneaker in the stall next to him, hitting on him. I'm intrigued and, yeah. already. I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah. I'm on the edge of my toilet seat. <laughs> I know, right? What's it called? It's called What's a Nice Kid Like You. I think you should make the DVD of or, or the home release streaming, whatever, of Together Alone, and then that's a special... I'd like to, but USC owns the rights to that. Well, so. go steal it. I know, I know. Believe me, I, I've yeah. thought about doing that. Anyways. Um, so, you know, so that, that you know... But, but, the, but the subject matter at the time at USC was kind of like... Oh, I mean, it's not just that it was gay, it was bathroom sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the film, I actually did sneak the film out, and it played, I mean, literally at hundreds of film festivals around the world, because you could just send it to any country, and it would play. Everyone has bathrooms. Yeah, you know, and, you know, it was done, and and it's kind of done. Was there dialogue? No, no, it was eight minutes silent. Wow. Actually, it played before um, Pedro Adomovar's um, the Laws of Attraction. It was oh, nice. in Ken, you know, and in, that was in Berlin. That was the first time I went to Berlin and I actually met him. He was, he was very nice. That's so cool. They were both very nice. That's a good and, double feature. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. But then it also played in front of some other films and I was at one screening and it played before this film that wasn't, you know, people didn't really like. And I'm sitting there and I know, you know, you meet the filmmaker yeah. and somebody in the audience was so angry at the feature film, had loved mine. He's like, you know, the short film said more in eight minutes than that other one said in, you know, an hour and 80 minutes and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, leave me out of the fight. Yeah, exactly. You know? Thank <laughs> you, but no, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be drunk. Yeah, I have to go to a dinner afterwards with yeah. these people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, so oh, go ahead. it's going to be in theaters in, in Paris. Right. So it's going to be, in, you know, we're going to see what happens. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I, I started telling you before about how I also reached out to Turner Classics and um, to see if they'd want to show it for June. And, yeah. Gay Pride yeah, Month. Right. But they, in some years, they do bigger gay films and smaller gay films. Yeah. This year, they weren't doing the independent right. thing. And so, But they said, you know, who knows in the future. Right, because so, we're coming up on an anniversary, right? Well, I wrote it 30 years ago. Wow. And then I oh shot God, it. So I know. I, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I shot it. Um, in, then I shot it in 1990 in January. And then it took me a year and a half 
to uh, edit it because back then, you know, it wasn't digital. It was just on these upright moviolas. And where are you editing it? In Hollywood. In Hollywood. In my hat. I'm sharing. uh, Did you ever meet Chilling, my roommate? So she, I knew her from film school, yeah. and we had this. You know, you know where the Sizzler is on Highland. Oh yeah, yeah. We lived in the apartment right behind. Okay, that. and so you were editing in your apartment. In my apartment. So, but what I had done is, you know, it was a two bedroom, and with this big living room dining room. But like, I had hung up wires all over the apartment and hang the film strips because back then, you know, you when you cut the film, it was actually film, and you had to have the sound next to it as well because the sound. And the picture weren't married yet. Wow. So it was like this real, you know, so it took a long time and it was really tedious. And someone was going to do it for me. And then she like, after like a week or so, she's like, nah, I don't want to do this. So, so you edited up, it yourself. Yeah, I ended up editing it myself, unfortunately. And um, so then it, it it premiered at Frameline, the San Francisco Gay Film Festival right. in June 1991. And then it started doing the circuit. And um, and because it really it wasn't released until uh, uh, September 1992 at the Film Forum yeah. in New York City, and that's where it did really well. Vincent Canby was like the big uh, champion. Critic. He was he, your guy. Well, no, he wasn't a champion. He was a okay. big filmmaker. He liked the film. Okay, I mean, but the, for him to like someone's film, like it was him and Pauline Kael. Yeah, like were like the the New York critics. Of course, and um, you know, and then I thought I'd get to my next film very easily and. You know, look, years later, and this was even after Relax, I met with somebody who, uh, you know, big wig in the, the industry these days. And this is about the year 2000, 2001. And, and I couldn't understand, like all these years I take these meetings and, you know, it's like, look, you, you know, <clears throat> you know, it had to find it. I, I showed that I could write. I showed I could direct. I right. showed that it could make money. Right. And yet, yeah, you know, and you're exhausted when you're done with these things. When right. you're doing everything yourself, it's and working full time. Yeah, you know, you're exhausted, and so you think, okay, well, someone will come and. But I met a producer about um, at Showtime, and was pitching the TV version of Relax Is Just Sex. Right. And one of the things he said to me he goes, "Look, you're, you present gay relationships and people of color." Like their relationships have the same weight as heterosexuals do, and I'm like, yeah, because people hate that. Like that's that's why you can't get work. And it was like, like he didn't hire me, but it was like one of those moments where every all of a sudden, it's almost like he said what he shouldn't have said. Like it almost like he took a truth serum before the lunch and just said <laughs> but the thing. You know that what? You didn't I say. was thrilled. Yeah, at least they're honest. At least, yeah. I, well, at least, at least I'm not crazy. Right. You're like, it's like that's it. That's it. Because every time, I mean, you know, before Chuck and Larry, I was peddling around town. I had met with. Um, Golden. Oh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. That movie, right? Oh, right. yeah, with Adam so be- Sandler. And- so before that, my I had a script, um, domestic partners, right? Uh, about two women pretending to be lesbian. And originally I had written the original one because I had met with Goldie Hawn's person. Her and Sally Field were, right. fr- were friends. I don't know if they still are. And they wanted to do something together. Right. So I thought, you know, this is a perfect Yeah, it'd be thing. amazing. Yeah. It, you know, it's very fun. You know, And then later I rewrote it with my brother to suit Jennifer Tilly and, right. and Cinda Williams. You know, but again, like the gays in it weren't pathetic and they right. were it was nothing I they mean they weren't it, pathetic enough <laughs> well it's really interesting I mean I have this whole uh, for years I've been talking about this you know this 
marries monsters or martyrs. Like, in, yeah. unless you're one of those, you know, it's very hard to cut through. And and still, I mean, this. I mean, there've been great strides, and you yeah, know, and, you know, people have done fantastic things, right? And, you know, you know, hurrah. Um, but at the time, it's like if you didn't go in there and, were, and what what the producer had said to me was, look, even on Will and Grace. Will doesn't have a boyfriend. Right. They can't present him as having, being a, you know having a you know a normal relationship or just like a regular relationship. Right. And and you know and and you know shame on me for not understanding the landscape. Did the Showtime yeah. guy pick up the check at least? Well, actually, it wasn't even lunch. It was, it was just, just a meeting. Okay. The, all right. So, That's all right. You know. So but, that's it together alone. Yes, let's go I back. would love to look at it again and watch it because I loved it the first time. But I also think those themes that you're exploring are more resonant than ever about people trying to connect, especially in the digital age. So tell us, uh, for people that, that aren't familiar with the film, what it's about and what inspired you to write about it. Sure. So it's, um, it, I mean, it's, it's a simple story. It's, it's uh, two guys meet at a bar. They go home for the night. One has... Um, uh, sex, uh, anal sex gets penetrated for the first time. Mm -hmm. You don't see it on camera. I don't want to lead anybody. Sure. Don't want to get anyone's hopes up. <laughs> right. And uh, again, I made a, a very conscious decision right. not to have that in the film. Sure. Um, and then the he and the guy he's brought home, they duke, they duke it out, or they you know they discuss, and it's you know they had unprotected sex. Right. Yeah. You know, and this is in 1990 or 1989 when I wrote it. So all the AIDS stuff is really, you know, right. forefront in people's minds or pushed to the back of everyone's mind. Right. Um, as, you know, you're trying to normalize. It's like this black the, cloud that's hanging over everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, but it's not just about, look, it's never been just about AIDS. You know, it's never been, because it's not AIDS, it's going to be some other STD or some other issues or whatever it is. Yeah, to me, I just remember about about people connecting. I don't remember... Uh, that it was the first time for the guy. I don't remember the sex stuff or the AIDS stuff. I just remember, right? Well, because the, the longing for connection and intimacy, right? And that and it's interesting. That's that, what I remember about it, right? And what's interesting in the one thing they did tell me about the discussion of the film afterwards is that people did that was the number one thing people talked about that intimacy, right? Uh, about you know trying to reach that intimacy, right? The longing for that, yeah, yeah, and. Um, you know, and, and having, you know, and figuring out how do you navigate that because, you know, a lot of times people don't stay the night you know? yeah. <laughs> or, you know, or if they do, then there's so much left unsaid. But I think a lot of people sort of have had those moments where they've maybe met somebody and, yeah, maybe it led them being lovers. Right. You know, or maybe they never saw one another again. Right. But it could be the start of something. Right. And, and the whole idea that, you know, Sex is something beyond the physical. Right. You know, that, um, you know, it, 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 that search. And again, I understand that not every, you know, I, I do, personally, I think that, you know, life is tough. <laughs> if you can work out something with somebody else and have a partner, yeah. it becomes a little less tough. Right. You know, when you have, you know, working in teams, you know, just like on The Amazing Race. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, um, you know, and, and that's constantly being um, renegotiated through history. I mean, whenever, I mean, look, 
again, I just had lunch with someone I knew back in the 80s, and we had argued about, he's married to the same guy right. who back then. Right. But he's always been against gay marriage. You know, he's kind of... He's been, married to a guy, but he's... He's married a, to a guy, yeah. But, but he's, he's against gay marriage. Yeah, yeah, he's kind, kind of this radical, oh, you know, marriages. Yeah, we're, know, we're conforming the, to heteronorms. Right, and, and that, right, right, right. right. Okay. It wasn't, yeah. Fact, we're losing our edge. It was called he, you know, heteronormative. Yeah. Right, as opposed to cisnormative. Right. Back then. Um, or now it's called cisnormative, I guess. But, you It'll know, be something else by the time we finish this podcast. So <laughs> we'll do our best. Right, we try to keep up. Yeah. But I mean, but it is ridiculous because it's you. First of all, people try to find what they can find, you know, and, and try to, um, you know, um, you know, try to build a life with somebody. Um, you, you know, my husband and I got married in Palms. Uh, well, actually, not in Palm Springs, in India, mm-hmm. which is out, not it's the unglamorous part of the Coachella Valley. Although it's right. a little bit more now, because I guess that's where the Coachella happens. That's sort cool. of near there. But when we got married, what we saw—and God, I wish I had my camera—what you saw were the people who really needed marriage. These, these. It's not like the glamorous gays or you know or that historic couple. You see these people like that are really desert born, <laughs> right? You mean the, the people that you saw when you were getting in married in India? Yeah, at the Justice of the Peace, or yeah, it was yeah. in the, the town city hall. hall. Okay, yeah. you know, so you, you saw go, other couples getting married, Got yeah, it. or okay. waiting to get married. Right. And it was funny. It was like an I Love Lucy thing, though, because we went and you go to the clerk, and then you go to this room, and then it's the clerk. Now wearing robes. <laughs> it's the same guy in a different outfit. There's a woman. Actually. That is so charming. Yeah, it really yeah. was. Yeah. But 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 what I mean, I almost get verklempt when I think about it because you see, you know, to me, what was interesting about getting married or for someone you know to be gay and marry after the time is these vows that people take at the beginning of their relationship. You've already been through it all, so when they say. Through thicker, through, through thin, sickness and health, health. through it, yeah. You've already, we've already done it. Check, check, <laughs> right, check, you know? check. You know, and so you know, I mean, both of us were like, we we just thought, oh, we'll just do this. It makes economic sense. Yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But it, and we didn't plan anything. You know, right. like we we had to ask a friend, hey, can you come back with us right. tomorrow? We need somebody. It was yeah. just But it's like there, and we're like bawling. You're like, so moved by it. Yeah, because it's like, oh, right, you know. But this is, but it's on the other end of it. Like we know, like we're looking we, backwards, right? Because you've been through forward. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I met Michael. In, in, yeah, I met Michael in 1986. Wow. And then we dated. We broke up, and we dated again in '92. We right. broke up, and then we got together in '98. Right. And been together. been together ever since. Yeah. And um, so, so it was a super powerful moment that you didn't yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but 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 the other thing I wanted to say about the ever changing roles, you know, like when people would say to me about. Oh, you know, uh, traditional marriage. You know, traditional. You know, I always say, read, read the fucking Bible. Traditional marriage, or any of the old holy books, yeah. or any of that. It's one man and as many women that he can afford to buy. Right. And you know, this whole what's the guy's name? Paul Boswell. I don't know. Name? He there's a there's like a Yale scholar. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's his name. Who wrote same sex unions in the middle um, Middle Ages and mm-hmm. beyond. You know. So he goes and he kind and he kind of like really lays it out about how what we consider marriage between a man and a woman, this sort of 
you know, right, one is and one, really based on same-sex union. Now, some of them might not have been sexual unions, right? But they've always so so. What I think that a lot of religious people mistakenly have you know, amnesia about the time when it wasn't about the wife didn't really have the say right. that she had, you know, and. You know, I mean, and I don't want to cast the power out. dynamic was completely right. Out of you way. know, especially in polygamous, yeah. You know, which still exists in yeah. parts of the world for sure. Um, you know, so I mean, and again, people, and I think that stuff's always going to be, you know, people are always going to struggle with it. Yeah. It's always going to be, but I mean, I think as far as organizing uh, a society or a government or the a structure to to deny that to gay people. To me, it's always been kind of insulting. Yeah. Because it's like, this this partnership of equals, that's our idea. Yeah, we like, invented this. Yeah. Like, we you know, Yeah, like, we, you know, you know, traditional marriage is what we've done for years in secret. Right. You know? So, um, so, you know, so together alone, it's just, you know, these two guys, they come together, and they really, like, they have this real connection and this real struggle for intimacy. And, and you know, the, the other part of this is... Um, when you know again, you know people always talk about or they used to really talk about condom use, and it's yeah. talked about in the film, and it's it's related to the fact of intimacy because this whole idea of oh we'll just get people to wear condoms, we'll just get guys to wear condoms, you right? Know? And yes, I understand it cuts down on the transmission, but something that's talked about in the film it's like, you know, you're looking for flesh on flesh, right? right? You know, like part of the you know big part of the gay experience is flesh right. on flesh, and Putting rubber, right? Uh, like and like, none of the health, the the public policy people could could figure could, this could, out. Could sort of own how counterintuitive it right. was, right? You know, it's like right. And, and one of my characters says at one point, goes, "Well, it? it feels better without it." You know, right? Like, yeah. Somebody saying the fucking truth that right. everyone's thinking, right? That I you could say, you couldn't say, yeah. And I get why. I mean, yeah, right? It but was loaded, but still. Right. To have people being honest about those things in a movie was right because unless you're honest exciting. about it, that's why AIDS cases were not going down for a right. long time. You know, it's why you know this public education stuff wasn't working, right? Because you, you know, what we're talking about publicly is you know because I think human beings have a real desire to connect. Yeah. And you know it's it's so funny with social media. We say so connect via right, right, right. And it's, you know, I mean, and look, I, you know, God bless all of it. It's a know? mixed bag, though. Yes. There's a lot there. There's a lot yes. there, and I don't yeah. know if we'll know for years what how it changes people's minds and yeah. happiness and yeah, all of that stuff. Um, your actors, Terry Curry and Todd Stites. Where did you find them? Um. Well, I knew Todd, I kind of knew Todd through volleyball, gay right. volleyball. Excellent. And um, I had actually someone had recommended him. I had originally wanted this one guy to do it, and then he couldn't do it. And then what I really wanted, because you know, black and white is a theme throughout. Right, and I remember shot. your sheets are like right. checkerboard sheets, right? Right, or chessboard. Chessboard. And um, and I talk about yin and yang, yeah. and one guy's blonde and one right. guy's brunette. But I really tried to get an African American, a right. black actor, right. to do it. 
and just one person. You know, you, I, you, back then you put an ad in Drama Log. Yeah, God bless Drama Log. I know, right? Yeah. You, and people sent you. Right. Know, I still have some of them. Yeah. In, you know, in, in my old files. Um, and, uh, you know, and there was only one black guy who sent it, and I, he wasn't very, he was not a good actor at all. Right. And, I mean, and that, that's, and so, you know, um, one of the reasons, you know, I have them fully clothed and, you know, and, you know, besides wanting to present the ideas and the intimacy without the, the flesh, the, right? because I know personally flesh distracts me. Right. Um, you know, I wanted the actors to feel comfortable because, right. you know, here I'm saying, hey, come over to my apartment. Right. So you shot it in your own place. Right. You know, come, come shoot this, this film about. Yeah, it's not pervy at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so to get the love, and you know, there's a lot of acting that has to be done in it. Right. And I think both of them did a really great yeah, job. Yeah, they were great. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, we rehearsed and, you know, we talked about it. And, you know, and Terry is straight. Yeah. Know, he's married with three kids. He's like a businessman in Chicago or somewhere. Wow. And, um, you know, I mean, so, so you want, like when you're presenting, you know, when you're meeting with people, you're like, you know, you want them. Yeah. So in order for him to feel... You know, and, and and this was something I also found on Relax, even though like you know I, the actors were very good, and and actors are better at it now. It's what I always called the straight men's hesitation, and you and if you look at the movies in the nineties, no, you could always tell for a while there, right? There's they were always like, oh, that. Let's get it over with, right? Yeah. There's always that, and I had to tell my actors, do not pause before you go in for the kiss. Right. <laughs> do not like do okay. I'm going to yeah. like you know. Let's get it over with. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's it's a real thing. Yeah. And, and the gays, all, I think, all see it. Yeah. I, oh, I no, think, you totally do. In yeah. different films. I'm not, I mean, yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. think of any examples. Yeah. But you can kind of tell. Right. So that's why I can want it rehearsal. So Terry and Todd can see that they're very yeah. comfortable with each other. Yeah. Because... You know, I don't have a lot going. You know, like there's there's no car chases. No, <laughs> it's you know, like there, and there's no sassy yeah. best friend. You know, it's like it's just the two of them. Just the two of them. And 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 the idea. How long did it take you to shoot? Ten or eleven days. I yeah. Think. And your house? Were you shooting at night or was it? Yeah. Well, I was I was working at Warner Brothers yeah. as a clerk, and so, um, so I believe maybe it was eleven because maybe it started on a Friday night. Yeah. I worked. I came home. I cooked. You know, I, I had rehearsed it with them. Right. And then we shot all through that weekend. Then I went to work Monday through Friday and then at night. Because it was easier to film at night. Yeah. Because what we had to do was put up, you know, right. the, the black velvet on the windows to block out the light. Um, and then, yeah, we shot through that, that following weekend. Does it feel um, like a million years ago or does it feel like last week? Both. Yeah. Both. I think you should remake it with... Grinder and like I think the themes are still there, but some of the trappings are different. Yeah. But I bet you could take that script and because yeah. I think the themes are so resonant. How do people connect? Yeah. Well, people yeah. people have done it as a play. That's I mean, cool. actually, have you seen it? it? I haven't, but people have sent me the stuff. Nice. You know, um, yeah, because it's obviously easy easy to put on. Right. And I had played with doing a sequel. Yeah. Um, where it's actually um, uh, one of them. Uh, picks up actually a guy, a uh, younger guy, mm -hmm. who turns out to be the son. So it's son of together alone. <laughs> wow, I love it. I hope so. <laughs> we'll yeah, see. Yeah, I love we'll that. See. And then you, you made Relax It's Just Sex. I did. And I remember 
A, appearing in that film, perhaps carrying it on my back. <laughs> no, but what are, we sh- you shot in the Hotel Knickerbocker uh, All-Star All Cafe, right. where Holy- I used to always have big parties. Max was the owner. And I remember just being, having, being on a laptop in the thing during one scene when he walks by. I was just like an extra. But I remember my old laptop. It was probably my first laptop. Oh my God, yeah. Paul Winfield. Yeah, uh, uh, Oscar Mitchell Anderson yeah, was yeah, 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 in the yeah. scene. Yeah, um, you know Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, and those themes are more resonant than ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I mean, look again. I took you know that ended my you know I had you know a multiracial cast that had a fight tooth and nail for yeah um, with your producers with everybody including yeah. yeah I mean although you know the producers to be fair. Although, because we had trouble casting, because yeah. a lot of people of color didn't want to be in it, right? And it's a um, it, relationship. Sex is about how many? How many main characters? Like seven? Like it's an ensemble of characters, yeah. different relations, yeah, straight, gay, right? Well, it was it was sex. a lot of diversity, yeah. and it was like Sex in the City before Sex in the City, yeah, because it's that mixture of comedy, drama, cocktails, yeah. fashion, right? And only because we had access to the war. I worked at Warner Brothers; they let us use the costume. Department. Oh, that's cool. So that's why everybody looks so great. You just in got it. to go in and get costumes. Yeah, that's so, fun. So that, that was like the one thing, but we had no money for set, no money for crew. I mean, that film almost killed me. I mean, it really almost killed me. But I mean, no. But it was just about the people's lives, you know. And you had, and then in the, in the in the character of Paul Winfield, um, you know, he plays sort of this, you know, um, gender fluid. You know, right. he plays anti Mahalia kind of old, you know, right. just, um, you know, old friend of, of, of Mitch, who's like kind of one of the main characters. Right. Um, you know, but again, it's, again, again it was like the, that same stuff from producers. Oh, well, we already have one African-American. Why do we need any more? Right. Or, you know, look, there's a very well-known or within gay filmmaking circle. It mm-hmm. does a lot of, produces a lot and distributes a lot of the, the gay Movies, films. yeah, and he had told me because I had shown him in early. He did, you know, he passed. He goes, no, he goes. People don't want, and this is back in the mid nineties. Because I actually wrote to get relaxed. I started writing in ninety four, right, and uh, or actually ninety two, I think. No, no, ninety four, and uh, and it didn't get made to ninety seven, and um, and I showed it to this guy. And he's like, uh, gay films with people of color in it. Do not do well at the box office. You know, write something that just has white guys in it. He told you this, and he wasn't one of the, someone you were working with. He was just someone you met with. Someone I knew from right, right. You know, and someone who you know who who was in that who, world who made a lot of money. Yeah, in that world and yeah. knew that world really well. Yeah, and and per, by the way, was a person of color. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was probably. I mean, he's telling me the truth. Right. I mean, you know, but he wasn't doing anything to... To, to change the to truth. To change it. Right. You, you can, know? I mean, cynical. so it's like, look, you know, you make your choices and you live right. with them. Yeah. And, um, you know. The, 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 I love the Relax It Just Sex, even as a title. I think when, when I was friends with you back then and stuff like that, I was more... I get the philosophy of that film more now than I did then. Then it was more loaded for me... Tied to morality, what does this mean? What kind of person do I want to be? Like all that shit, which I wish I could. <laughs> I didn't need. It didn't serve me. But the idea, the the like, calm down, like it, that, the relax of it. I think 
is yeah. something I appreciate more now than than even then. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's but and it's about the irony of it. It's like on the one hand, relax. It's just sex. But on the other hand, you can't. You yeah. Know, as you get older, it becomes easier. But you know, on the one hand, you know, there's just sex. But on the other hand. It's a lot. It and comes it, with and, a lot. And, you know, and it's, you know, it's changed the course, especially of a lot of gays, lesbians, and LGBTQ people. It's right. like, you know, it you know, changed the courses of our lives because certain avenues weren't open to us. Um, right. You know, so that all worked into it. But at the same time, you know, you know like I always say, every sword has, has, you know, can cut both ways. Yeah, you know, it's like just point the sharp end away. You yeah, know, we have lots of we have lots of enemies. Just yeah. you know, let's and uh, I uh, I saw Mitchell Anderson, your <gasps> one of your uh, actors from Relax, in a web yes. series recently. The, I watched. I yeah, heard yeah, you yeah, had yeah. the we guy that, on, yeah. and I watched it, and I and loved it, was, it. I was happy to see uh, um, Mitchell back, but I feel like, and I don't know his story, but I remember like he was. The great gay leading man hope, like the first sort of leading man type to be out, like yeah. the test case. Yeah. And uh, he's... Got killed. Got killed. I don't know how to spin it. And I don't know if he would, how he yeah. would spin it. I don't know the whole story. But from the outside, it looks like, yeah, well, we weren't quite ready. Yeah. No, you know, they say pioneers take the bullets. Yeah. Uh, settlers take the land. And I never heard of that. Yeah, it's words to live by. Oh, though. shit, that's the most depressing thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, we're not dead. They didn't that's, kill they us. Didn't, that's we true. We took the bullets. We took we're, the, we're, we still stand. We took the bullets. Yes, and that's time that's for so, us to claim some land. Damn right. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you keep in touch with Mitchell, or have you, you saw him in the miniseries? I saw yeah. him in the miniseries, yeah. and I was reminded. You know he, who he was? Who's the guy who was in Looking, and who was in Hamilton? Um, Jonathan Groff, who I love. He was Jonathan Groff before. Yeah, Jonathan Groff. I mean, Matt without, Bummer. Without, without, yeah, without, yeah. without Mitchell, yeah, none of these guys exist. Right. I mean, and I saw him. And first of all, I love the way he looks. Yeah, I love that he, he his face isn't pulled back. No, he looks like he good. looks like, a he human looks like being. himself. And I think that he does. I think all the actors in my film, well, not all, most of them, did like do what they do almost better than anybody. Yeah, I mean, I think Jennifer Tilly breaks your heart in that movie. I think I've never seen her better, quite yeah. honestly, yeah. than when she loses the baby. Yeah, it's like, and, and the fact that nobody's using her more, like, right. I, I don't get it. You know, I just was watching a documentary on Woody Allen, and they had a thing from Bullets Over Broadway. Yeah, and even in the Gary Shandling thing, yeah, uh, documentary, she had been in, and she's always. She's always present. She's always listening. She's right. always making the most. She understands what's going on in that scene. Yeah. And she brings the most to it. Right. And it, it, I mean, again, she, she has a certain range because, right. you know, she, you know, she looks and has a voice. But like she could be doing so much more. I mean, she could right. be, you know, they, CBS can drop her into a procedural. Yeah. And she could be fantastic. Right, and I don't get again. I don't get why she's you know again. Maybe it's her choice, but she wanted to sure. do her poker thing. Right, I don't keep in touch with any of them. Right, um, I think Lori Petty. You know, she I saw her happy to see her in Orange is the New Black. Right on. And again, she she does her very specific thing. Yeah, and you know it, it's great. I think some of the the lesser people who work, you know, lesser known people. Yeah, were terrific, and their careers never went anywhere. Uh, 
you know, but that's, you know. What was your favorite memory making that movie? You said it almost killed you, but what was the best? Um, God, I don't know. Um, actually making it, it was such a, um, yeah, it was such a struggle. Maybe my best was um, when um, uh, Susan Terrell was a day player. She came for that one day. Uh-huh. And, you know, she steals the movie. Right. Remind me who she is in it. She's the, les- the bisexual lesbian's mother. Okay. And the brunch. And Tony once said, oh, yeah. she, um, you know, she, uh, you know, she takes the, the movie and puts it in her bag and walks, walks out. Oh, Tony Tripoli said that? <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. So um. she, she and Seymour Cassell play the Oh, right, right. And yeah. they're having brunch. And she's unhappy that her, which she, you know, her daughter is now dating a man. Right. And she really liked the ex-lesbian girlfriend that she right. keeps talking about and she's a member of PFLAG right. and talking about how embarrassing it is for her that her daughter's no longer a right. lesbian and sort of like she liked it so much better before right and she's kind of like just just totally like you know dismissing this guy in front of her and like yeah. now you're dating this right you know, and, and, and she does such a great job yeah and again everything was tough everything was hard Seymour didn't know his line a lot of people like Paul Winfield I don't know if you remember, did not know his line. In the coffee shop? I don't yeah. remember that. And people kept saying, how are you going to put this together? But like, I knew, like, oh, okay, if I can you get him to you say need, this, yeah. then, you know, and he's, and he's so good when right. he does. Um, but a lot of them, like, these are shitty, you know, you know, uh, minimal wage, you know, low budget, nothing thing. Right. And they see that there's no... Fancy trailers. Right. It's like nothing. No big lunch. Yeah, no, nothing. Yeah, you know, and these are people like, you know, who... Their names. Yeah. People know. Who've, who've done stuff, you know, and, um, you know, and it's chaos. Yeah. It's chaos. I mean, and because it's not even really a crew. Yeah. I mean, at one point, I'm holding the boom. Right. And, you know, I'm not tall. <laughs> Do you miss it? No. That part, no. No, I would like... I mean, look, I had a knockdown... I mean, I had a, a moment on the film where I had to kind of walk off. Right. Because there's this whole scene where the whole idea of the scene is that the beautiful lesbian comes back to the other pretty lesbian. Right. And wants to steal her away from the not-so-beautiful, so from William yeah. Petty. Yeah. So it's Cinda Williams, and it's uh, Serena Scott Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, is that her name? Yeah, British. Yeah, Kristen's Yeah, sister. yeah, yeah. And also really good. So the whole idea of the scene is that, you know, you hear this whole scene, the beautiful girlfriend comes back to reclaim her girlfriend. Right. And the girlfriend says, listen, no, you know, yes, you're beautiful. Yes, you're successful. Yes, you know, everybody wants to be with you. I can remember that scene. I can remember Laurie Petty's face. Thank you. <laughs> so and that, that's pr- the whole I idea. I almost cry think about it. Yeah, yeah. Because the whole idea is that the whole time, the, the lesser lesbian, if you right. will, is around the corner and is hearing the whole thing. Right. So the way I staged the whole thing is you don't know and then you you dolly with the you know the object of desire the yeah. and then the, she discovers because she has no idea that her girlfriend is around the corner. Right. And the girlfriend over here, I mean it's what we all want to hear right. that you know we're loved. Right. You know, and so and then they have this big moment so I could not, you know, and I had this all planned. And the the DP and I fought all the time. Right. Which is not good for a film. No. <laughs> we had like the yeah. same vision. 
So he couldn't understand. Like, he had set up the dolly tracks wrong. Right. So, like, because he wanted to see Laurie Petty throughout the whole thing. No, you don't like, see it till the end. Right. Like, that's the whole, like, that's like the whole yeah. reveal, you know? And it's like, I had to, like, I, yeah. And the thing of it is, it's like TikTok. But TikTok. it ended up the way you wanted it in the movie. Right. Because I, I threw a hissy fit. Yeah. And, but, you know, at the back of my mind, it's like, if I don't keep going, this film doesn't get made. This, yeah. This film. Yeah. You know, like zillions of films, they don't get completed oh. and they're done. Yeah, crazy. You reminded me of something when, when we were having lunch before. We uh, went to see the Rosie O'Donnell show together. Well, you took me. We didn't I go took together. You, well, you took me as your plus I, one. I did. I, around 99 or 2000, I think it might have been 99, my uh, novel Misadventures had been out like a year. Um, and Seth Rudutsky, who's my friend Jack Plotnick's good friend, was working on the Rosie O'Donnell show. And Rosie O'Donnell, I had sent her the book or given her, somehow my book came up or whatever. And Seth was like, well, why don't we have Dennis introduce the, you know, because back then you would have somebody in the audience introduce the show. And he got it in at the right moment. Long story short, I got to fly to New York. They put me up at the Parker Meridian because guests of the Rosie O'Donnell <laughs> show stay at the Parker Meridian. And then I got to introduce the show and you came with me. Didn't but she also you, talk, didn't she also talk about your book? She yeah, she up? mentioned it, she mentioned it, yeah. Because what happened was, she was one of the very first celebrities I'd enter, ever interviewed for Detour Magazine. Um, did the story for free. <laughs> story of my life. But um, I got her to sign it later, and I don't know how I saw her. Maybe I sent it to her publicist? I don't know. Anyway, she wrote, one day I'll interview you. And so I brought the photo and showed the photo and she told the story, and then she said, and I read the book, and it's fabulous. And that, I'm like, I got that pull quote right there on the cover. And... Um, and so I got to interview, introduce the show, LeVar Burton, I remember saying. But you remembered it was Sugar Ray. Was the musical guest. I did not remember. We went backstage. We I don't remember them. going backstage. They were totally cool. Sugar Ray was cool. Oh, they were so nice. We Mark went backstage. We were backstage. I, I remember wearing, a, I remember exactly what I was wearing. I remember we took, I took a picture with Rosie. Um, I remember like, what's funny about this is I, uh, my publisher that I was working with on the book. You know, we were doing media strategy and whatever, and I said, I said, early on, I said, well, I interviewed Rosie O'Donnell a few years ago. Maybe there's something there. And he's like, mm. He was kind of like, you're never going to get Rosie Like, please. So when, I remember when I got on, I was like, see, motherfucker, I got on Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> yeah. Even though it was just the intro or whatever. But I do remember feeling like... Gotta do it you, all yourself. You gotta do it. And also underestimated and yep. stuff. And most of the time when people underestimate you, they're right. <laughs> but once in a while, you slip it in, yeah. right? And it feels good. Right, but weren't you saying that somebody thought your movie wouldn't make it to Sundance? Nobody or, thought it was going to make it relax. to For relax. For relax. And it, I remember seeing it at Sundance. Yeah. And I also remember Jane Seymour being in the audience and being really into it. Does that sound familiar? That, I, mean, I don't know. Be, there are a lot of people who were there. But yeah. That part is just kind of like... I don't know why. That just flashed in my head. But yeah. I remember seeing it at Sundance. Yeah, no, it was a big Doing hit. really well. Yeah, no, it did. They had to add an extra screening. Fantastic. And at one point, they told us we, we were going to win the audience award. And then we went to, And they actually drove us, which is something that they don't do at, at Sundance. They added... They did an extra screening. I'm going to jump out the window. <laughs> I can't fucking take this. They did. And we really needed it because we needed a boost because... You know, well, here's what's interesting. That film was rated NC-17 when it came out. And then a few years ago, I saw it on YouTube. Yeah. So it's like stuff that yeah. was... I mean, yeah. it tells you where, where society has, has moved. gone, yeah. Um, 
That's but, but people, oh, people were, were because it opens up with the big fucking scene, the yeah. two guys fucking. Yeah, I mean, and it kind of like a shock because at and first, it was the two like they were kind of perfect together, guys. No, no, oh. no, no. It starts off with it's actually Spike Lee kind of does uses the yeah. same technique at the beginning of the black KKK's men. Oh yeah, yeah. Where you have like sort of the historical footage. Yeah. And so I made a faux documentary about two oh, right, right, right. Oh, gays, yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing to worry about. And then I smash cut to two guys fucking. Right. Mitchell and this guy. Right. And then he thinks he, he's like fantasizing this whole yeah. thing with the guy. And then the guy just basically, you know, runs out after the, the encounter like, thanks. Yeah. See you later. But, um, but that was shocking for I mean. You know, it's like, you know, and by the way, Harvey Weinstein did not like a film where somebody who's about to get raped turns around and rapes the person. Right. So he, he did not, he, he was real. I remember running into him and he was not a fan of me. He was not. <laughs> he didn't like that whole, that whole, that whole uh, power play. Yeah. Too of, close of to turning. home. Well, if I only knew. Right. Um, yeah, no, I mean, so no, that was. So they, they, they so, told you that you were going to win the audience? So here's what happened. So. They added an extra screen, which they never do, but it was so, you know, right, right. real demand for it. So, okay. But they're like, but it's right before the awards. Right. Because they have these awards. And we want to get into the awards. You know, we can't tell you exactly, but it was a real audience favorite. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, what? So, like, after I introduced my film, yeah. they took me. I mean, again, they never, I mean, at that festival, they don't want anything to do with any, right. any of the films. Yeah. Because you're on your Take own. the shuttle. Yeah. And so they rush us in. They have seats for it. They, they escort us in. Yeah. And I still remember, and went to actually, um, my, I heard later that, you know, went to a Native American film. Oh, right. That even though we probably got more votes, Redford was like, well, there are a lot of gay films. Yeah. And there aren't a lot of um, American right. Indian films. And so. Um, Did it win anything at the awards for any of the actors or anything? All nothing. Right. Nothing. It's okay. No, it wasn't. It wasn't okay. <laughs> it really was. Because like, it, it really was surreal because you're listening and you've yeah. been told you're going to win this award. Right. And like they're saying, oh, and it's something old and something new. And, you know, and you're thinking, oh, okay, I guess you'll wait. And like you're trying to, and it, it's like, it's really like you see in the movies where like, wah, wah. this screen goes kind of wobbly. Yeah. And like echoey and like what? And I was with the editor. And the editor, Tom Sai, had yeah. been, he was like my one real good ally throughout the whole thing. Yeah, that's and important. The yeah, yeah. And so he was like, oh, you know, because we went, you know, and so he was it's like, like, we we're both looking at each other. And we, we were both just in shock yeah. like, for the rest of the night. Well, actually, for the next 20 years. Yeah. The two of us <laughs> <laughs> Never quite got over it. All right, you picked some questions from the observation deck. Right. Okay. What's your best random celebrity sighting? Oh, um, Spike Lee in an elevator. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he got, he was very, he couldn't, under, he, he, he panicked though. He was having elevator panic. Right. And he couldn't figure out that, um, you know, and I, that P1 and, yeah. you know, because P1 was above. Right. Two. Sometimes elevators mess yeah, you up that way. Yeah. All right. But he was okay. I got him. Okay. I got him through you it. You got him through it? All yeah. right. What was your favorite toy as a kid? Oh, I had this, um. Um, the tro- the you know the trolls with the long hair. Oh yeah, troll dolls. Naked. Yeah, troll yeah. Dolls. So I loved those. And one Christmas, we didn't have a lot of money. We were super right. poor. Um, and you know, and I, and, you know, so I'm like first grade or something. You know, and um, I really wanted this troll house. It was like yeah. a doll house. It's yeah. like one of these plastic things that opened up. Right. And then it was like a little doll house with the troll. Yeah, you know, for you know, buying a boy a, a doll right. house basically. Right. 
But I got it. You got and it. It was, you know, it, it said a lot about my parents. I thought. Love it. You know, yeah. That they gave it to you. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Whose op- whose job offers would you like to intercept and receive <laughs> yourself? Um, um, Rock Marshall, maybe. Yeah. yeah the musical I, stuff. Yeah, I always thought I'd be doing that stuff. You're doing the musicals. You I love really, that stuff. I thought I was gonna. I yeah, know. I had them all planned. All the ones that we've already seen, I had them all right. The yeah. ones that already existed. Yeah. Well, the, no, the ones and, uh, like, that would have been on Broadway or whatever. Uh, right. Know. Well, but the ones that had been made since, like right. I knew how to make them. And actually, like they were. Well, did you see Andre DeShields one last night? I did. And I had seen him in Eight Misbehaving, and oh, I always yeah. wanted to make Eight Misbehaving. Yeah. Uh, a movie. I think it could be really good. They never did, right? Well, there's no story, but again, I wrote, yeah. the, I wrote the whole story. You wrote the story in your head. Yeah. Have you ever won anything like the lottery or a game show prize? Uh, I actually won in 1965 or so. Yeah. The Pope came to New York, came to Shea Stadium, and um, so our church had a raffle, and I won, but I didn't get to see the Pope. Because the grown-ups took them. Motherfucker. I know. It's a theme. I know. <laughs> Shit. So you won the lottery to go see the Pope, and right. the, your parents took him? Yeah. And said, yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah. Like, oh, he's not going to, you know, it's like, it's a, because only so many, you know, it's like, yeah. All right. You know, they gave and they took. They gave and they took. The settlers <laughs> and the bullets, I don't know. What was on your lunchbox as a kid, and how did you feel about it? Uh, um, that, that's another thing, just to tell you how to. We, we, you know, only, only... Brown bags? Yeah. I That's mean, right. only, only kids with money. <laughs> had lunchboxes like yeah. that? Had a Parker family I mean, lunchbox like mine? Yeah, no, no. All right. That's, 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 yeah. That's... We had the brown bags and... There you go. What celebrity death hit you the hardest? Oh, you know, um, Heath Ledger. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a huge fan. Uh, or not, I mean, I, I mean, I like him in everything. Right. But he reminded me of an ex-boyfriend. Mm. And so that felt... It, it was weird because normally Surprising. they don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I, yeah, but I thought he was always very good. He's so talented, right? Yeah, so talented. Yeah. Um, what teacher did you dislike the most? There were a lot, but yeah. um, in, <laughs> <laughs> but in second grade, this teacher just didn't like me. I mean, yeah. and the thing was, I was a good, yeah, you're a good kid, but I was hyper, right? And so, um, second grade teacher was not having it. Well, one time, like you know, and like. Like stuff was falling out of my desk, and you know, and like she made me go stand in the hall at one point, and it's like I'm a good kid. Why are you? you know? And then the principal came down the hall. There was a nun. Yeah. She's like, "What are you doing out in the hall?" And I'm like, "My book fell out of my desk because right. we had the the books under the the desk thing right. where you had them in." And she just, she just like there were certain teachers. She just, I also had a night uh, a teacher in fifth grade who just didn't like me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and she insisted on giving me a B in science when I'd gotten an A. And my mother went up and said, listen, look, he's done all. No, he yeah. needs to learn a lesson. It was like what bizarre. Lesson? And, and, she was, and she was like the hip, pretty teacher that everyone loved. And she loved my brother. Yeah. It's just some people don't. Some people are assholes. <laughs> what was the first album, CD, cassette, or MP3 you ever bought? Oh, I, <laughs> uh, I had um, uh, your song. Elton John. Yeah. My yeah. first, uh, my first album was Elton John, Greatest yeah. Hits. Yeah, yeah. I bought it with my um, forty-five. Oh, yeah, what was the B side? I wonder. I don't remember. Yeah, um, but I remember playing that. And then I also had my first albums were Tapestry and Jesus Christ Superstar. Good. And they were both up for the Grammy. Yeah. And I, I thought for sure Jesus Christ Superstar was going to win because it's such a big production. Yeah. Thing. And then when Tapestry went up, I was so happy. 
It's so good. So Every happy. song is so good. But that whole life. Yeah. Like I wanted to live like with that cat in, yes. that, in that window that seat. That Laurel Canyon situation. Yeah, no, I wanted she was. to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Poncho, yeah. maybe. There's a, I don't know yeah. if there's a poncho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, what's the craziest thing you've ever done in pursuit of a crush? Oh, I don't know. Did I put that in? You did. Yeah. It might have been an accident. Uh, it could yeah. be a typo. No, no. I remember like, there's this. Girl. I saw somebody that I read in Frontiers. I, I stalked somebody oh, right. there for tears. <laughs> and, yeah, wait, email? I still don't know what that happened. Can happened. I just say, for the record, yeah. that when, I still remember when we first date, you know, that we were eating, I mean, we ate someplace in Los Feliz or someplace, or like some coffee shop or Maybe. someplace. But I still remember thinking, I cannot believe someone this good looking is sitting across from me. Really? I, I mean, like, I remember it so distinctly, thinking, <sighs> There's, I mean, you, you know, you look like Leonardo DiCaprio, and you looked a lot more like him back in those days. I mean, you wow. were like, you know, it's like, you know, we both aged pretty well, I think. We're hanging in. Yeah, but I just think, I just remember thinking, oh, you know, this guy, you know, he's, you know, he's out of my league. He just doesn't know it yet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't realized he's out of, I remember thinking that so distinctly. I remember, those were good days, though. I'm so glad that uh, yeah. we ended the meeting. What TV show that's on only in reruns still has the power to suck you in? Mary Tyler Moore. I mean, yeah. for that same tapestry. Yeah. Like, I really Mid-70s. kind of reimag- imagine that kind yeah. of life yeah. for myself. Yeah. I mean, there's just, you know, you just want to, like, that was going to be your life. You're going to make it after all. Yeah. 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 What movie do you wish you could live inside? Wizard of Oz, of course. Really? Just, you want to live inside it? You just love it? I mean... You know, I love the Scarecrow. Yeah. You know, and the Tin Man. Yeah. Cowardly Lion's annoying. But He's so gay, the Cowardly Lion. I, I, well, that's what's odd. My, that was yeah. my, my brother, who's totally straight. That was his favorite. But for me, it was like the Scarecrow. Yeah. Who was just, you know, just so, you know, just so trying to figure things out. Yeah. He was always there and, you know, stood up for his friends. And, yeah. you know, I just, that's what I, you know, it's like, you know. Yeah. Who was your biggest celebrity crush when you were a teenager? Oh, Burt Reynolds. I mean, my first sexual, you know, that picture of Burt Reynolds. In Cosmo? Yeah. With his, with his, his leg was up and it... His, his, his junk is covered. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, you know. Somebody, I was, when he died, they were doing his sort of obituaries and stuff and people were saying that that picture hurt him in a way, like credibility-wise or something. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, but I, as, I, I also feel like he just did what he thought was fun. Right. He was never trying to be taken that right. seriously. Yeah, no, and, and that's exactly right. Yeah. I think. He always looked like he was having a blast. Yeah. And I, those thick mustaches, I still like them. Yeah, when Mark people can Spitz grow them. them. Yes. You know, I feel like people can't grow them anymore physically, but of course they can. <laughs> oh, no, I don't feel like I could gym. do it if I wanted to. Oh, no, no. I've seen some at my gym. Yeah, they still exist in the nature. I think yeah, they're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's just, to me, that's, you know, it just... The height of masculinity. Yeah, I mean, just something, you know, I was like, you know, what, 11, 10? Yeah. And, and he was like, receding a little bit, like that whole well, thing is hot. I mean, I, you know, you don't, when you're that age, you don't, all, you, don't you, know, know you the, see this, this, this man, and you want to and it's confusing because right. you want to be it, right. but you also want to be with it, right? You know, and it's like you know you're still figuring all that stuff out, right? Um, you know, because I've never felt anything but gay, right? You know, and um, so you know, you, but you don't know quite how you think. Oh well, as I grow older, 
you know, you'll learn to like women or something. No one talked about it then. Right. It was just you a know. given. Yeah. You know, yeah. that you'll be, you know, and then, you know, something will happen. Like the same way, because your body's always changing. Right. And you think, well, you know, but it's like, you know, nothing happens when, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, just real quickly, I know we're wrapping up. That's okay. Part of the reason I got into um, filmmaking and that fits into Together Alone is, you know, I would see these films, or every time you would catch a glimpse, um, you would see like these Europeans, and they seem to define homosexuality by this, you know, men who have this desire to have something up their butt. Like right. that was like, that's what made you gay. Right. And like, it's like, no, you don't understand. It's, it's got nothing, it's to do with the smell, the touch. Like what happens, like the same, what happens to you when you, you're a woman. Right. Like that's what happens to me when I'm near a man that I like. Like, right. It's it's a zillion things are going on. Right. And way down the list is having something inside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. I mean, but you know, even gay people who are making movies seem to like. And I'm like, no, it's. And, There's, and, they're missing so many other things. Right. It's like that whole yeah. thing, and and to me, that's what Together Alone is about. Right. That whole that whole thing of wanting that whole thing. To, to you know, find someone to build your life with. To have, to have all of it. Right, to bring into your cow, king, maritime, Lamore. Right, <laughs> we're tying it all together. <laughs> to, to have that yeah. life with someone. What are your thoughts, once the, the, the run in Paris and stuff concludes, about getting it on streaming or Amazon? Have you started to think about or explore that? or? Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I've, I'm, I've thought very seriously. Because in, you know, in the meantime, I've been doing these other things. I've written children's books. I've right. done animations. Yeah. I've done like, all these things. But uh, I'm rewriting, I, I've, uh, you know, and I actually had written, you know, um, uh, uh, this, uh, you know, this other gay thing. But I think what I want to do, what I'm done, what I'm pushing next for is, um, I've done a female version of Frankenstein. Oh that's wow! Contemporary, and 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 very much a same themes about, right. but you know, that whole idea of you know she brings him back from the dead, but you know he's dead. Right. And. Having you know, learning to let go, and that whole thing with you know, it does tie in with the AIDS thing, or you know, like or just any breakup, or when someone's dead, being able to move past that, and the danger of trying to hold on to something that's dead. Ooh. That. But it's very romantic, yeah, and it's it's not very gory. It's a it's a film. It's a it's feature. A, it's a feature-length film, yes. and you know, and, and uh, I, uh, I've already copyrighted so. The, um, the the title is Karen Nifton's, which is an anagram for Frankenstein. Oh, I love it. So I think it's going to be really good. And I think I'll be able to, I've already, you know, a couple of people think they might find funding for it. Fuck yes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like some really. cool actresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some, you know, neat ideas about, you know, you know, um, you know, dealing with a life, you know, because I mean, I that's what I mean, that's what, but the very first scene, you know, she loses her three children, right? And her husband also kind of is in a coma and dies, and she kind of holds on to him and brings him back, right? So, this idea though, it's like when that life you thought, you know, she's this obstetrician, has right. this home family practice, and this husband, you know, and when all that goes away. You know what? What do you bring on next? What's left? What do you hold on to? What, yeah. what holding on to the past? How that really hurts you, and how you you know bring you know destruction. What you made know. you want to write about that? 
Is this something you've observed always, well, in you, life? Have you ever read Frankenstein? I read the read the play, but I didn't read the read novel. The, read the novel because yeah. when I read it, I mean, it, last year was the 200th anniversary, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had read it before. I had read it right out of college, and you know, it's a woman writing it, Mary Shelley. And she right. was married to Percy Shelley, who's a poet, a romantic poet. Right. And what's what's fascinating of it when I read it, all I saw was gay, 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 because. He, it's about the scientist, he's Frankenstein, and he's lonely, and he wants yeah. a companion. Again, all the same themes right. of together alone. Yeah. You know, and so he, you know, he wants so bad so he builds himself a companion from these dead parts. Right. So he's you know, again, because it's a woman writing about it, it's like this it's like this it's like this gay relationship between the man and his monster. Right. Which is like I it's weird that nobody's I've never heard anybody talk about that. In that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I really, you know, want, you know, I think I, you know, and I think, again, look, I, I knew from the time when I was in kindergarten, I always had a best friend, always just wanted, that's what was for me. Yeah. You know, as I got older, I figured out, oh, it's like, I want a boyfriend. You know. Yeah. But I mean, I always, you know, like, as soon as I understood that that's for me, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, and again, it's not for everybody. Right. Uh, but I think that, if you can figure out how to work that out with somebody, you know, it's like with Michael and I, we fight every day, but it's like, right. you know, like I said, the only thing worse than living uh, with him would be living without him. Right. You know, it's like we really, because I just think life is so hard, especially life in Los Angeles. It's yeah. so hard. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, when you have somebody. Yeah. I mean, you know, people figure out other things and have their friends. Right. Or, but for me, the way I'm built. Yeah. You know, it's good. I went to my friend Brett's wedding, one of my best friends, uh, this past weekend. He married um, Andrew, um, and Brett was one of my like single friends, and we would go to Palm Springs. We were, you know, we were uh, and really close. And when he started walking down the aisle, I lost it. And I've been to a lot of weddings, and I'm not sure what it was about this wedding with these friends maybe it's because I was probably closer than anyone that I've been that's gotten married recently in terms of like I've had some good friends get married but this was somebody somebody that I thought okay if we don't end up married we'll all be single in Palm Springs and live like the Golden Girls or whatever like maybe he's one of those people I don't know why I found it so moving yeah um there's something there I have to kind of figure out but it was wonderful and lovely well I, I do think it's hard to be Find someone in Los Angeles. I do think. I think there's cities. something like, I I think it, I think I've kind of like reminded that like really beautiful special things can happen. Yeah. To people like you. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, and I think. And that, I wasn't jealous, and I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It was just moving. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think that it, I think there is hope. I think it's hopeful. Yeah, I, I mean, think that is somebody's looking at the future, going, bring yeah. it on. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I'm looking like, how can we, how soon can I get out of this life? You know? Yeah, no, I know some days were like, but like. Every time there's a mass shooting, I think I'll switch with somebody. Yeah. I've done, I've kind of done it and there's no right. market for it. Right. So that's dark. But, no, I, but, but I think, but see the thing is, I think everybody feels, and even when you're in a relationship, yeah. you have that shit. But I do think then you're like, oh no, you know. I think it's this big statement of hope, right? Getting married. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think or that... Or something? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think that... Yeah, I mean, I think that being with somebody and and building a life... I mean, I, look, I would have loved to have had children. Right. You know, I, you know, I just got a photo of, of 
you know, me with a couple of our nephews. Yeah. Made me so sad because we weren't really in their life that much. Right. And, you know, one just graduated from high school. And it's like, you know, I mean, but again, I think we're all broken and we all do the best we can. And people have children who right. they hate and people get married to people who they murder or want right. to murder. You know, and it's all complicated and everyone you know, tries and does the best they can. But I do think all the things equal, you know, and again, I don't think L.A. is a good place for it. And I don't think New York is so great either, to be honest. Yeah. Um, from friends I've had there. Right. Um, people always, because at some point you have to say, you know, there's not, the perfect man doesn't exist. Right. You know, and, you know, although it is, I think, for, and I don't say this in any kind of false modesty way. I was never A-list, you mm -hmm. know, and I think for people who, you know, good-looking gay guys think, hey, I, I, you know, like the, the standards are way up here for me, you know, right. I should have all of this, and and then I think as they get older, and they lose some of the gleam, and, right, you know, things become a little bit weirder and more desperate or right you know they're like where was that guy that was too nice from 10 years yeah, ago yeah yeah but he had, he had a little belly but fuck it <laughs> right yeah you know and I, I do think that having never been part of that set right you know it's helping me in, in my, my my later years right <laughs> you know yeah. because it's like you know yeah. I, I, I maybe you know uh, you know uh, you know I, I, I didn't expect I never expected it to be that per per picture perfect. Right, right. It wasn't like, oh my god, I don't have everything that I've been dreaming right. of. Yeah, right. yeah. Just someone I don't want to kill most of the time. Right. <laughs> there you go. Um, so you have a website. Yeah, it's pjcastellaneta.com. Right, so people can or on um, check in on that on Facebook. Is there a, is a page for the film or just for you? Uh, um, the the PJ Castellaneta... Um, is you can get in contact yeah. with me. It's mainly just for the film. This right. also I do PJ where I have I have my my drawings yeah. and cartoons. That's P E A J A Y E dot com. So you can see your um, cartoons and your drawings and stuff there. Right, and then that also links to the other together. Love it. Stuff. Very good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, final question: What can you say about staying creative when you get knocked down or, or, re, or coming back to that? Because you've always found ways to be creative, but you've also, you know, had some knocks and stuff like that. <laughs> or, that's, a, that's a nice way of Right. But like, you know, yeah. like, well, I relate to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I think you have to have a plan. I, I just, I think that, look, I was telling, I mean, one of the things I'm proud of is that, you know, I was saying before about how with, when I met with Margaret Cho. Yeah. How... She had just, you know, been dealt that blow with, was it All, all American Girl? Girl? Yeah, before we started the podcast, yeah. you had mentioned that you met with her about... Um, relax. Relax, just sex. And I had told her, you know, with Together, she's, she's like, how did you get Together Alone there? Like, I just did it. Right. I said, I did it on my own. You know, right. this is back in the 90s. Right. This is back in the early 90s. Right. Actually, late 80s, I started doing it. And, you know, and for a long time, she was able to do it. You know, it's like, make your own parade. You've got to... I mean, you've talked about... Make your about, own parade, yeah. You... you I mean, but I do think if I would tell somebody younger, I would say, if someone comes to help, that's fine, but do not plan on it. And right. most of the people there are not there to help. Right. You know, they are not, they are not your friends. Yeah. And you have to, you know, we have, 
because I think sometimes as gay men, you know, it's like we have we don't grow up in certain ways, and you think, or I mean, you think that there's going to be a community there that's supportive. Like when you were talking, I was just repeating it. I was I was laughing when you were talking about it. The filmmakers pool party. Oh my god! Where the filmmakers ground are zero. Where it's like, why are you inviting mom? <laughs> it's like I know you could barely get in as a filmmaker, barely. I mean, I, I know, it's crazy. Like it wasn't a given. It was called the filmmakers pool party, but, but they you weren't. I but that's originally that's, you, anyway. It was yeah, that's show. that is that is the nature, <laughs> and you know, and it's great if you can meet people who can help you along the way. Right. But you you've you've got to forge your own path. You got to make your own parade. You do, yeah. And we've been doing it for years, but now you, you've got to, and you've got to figure out how to get paid. Yeah, you've got to figure out and let us know. <laughs> well, let me, no, let me know. Well, no, but there and lots, when you figure it out, but no, but shoot we do, me any. But, but, we, but we do know lots of ways, you know. Well, I mean, the ways we, that used to be that aren't anymore. So right, it's, a, but it's about changing. Ways. Yeah, but I mean, for example, yeah. I mean, I know we're going along here, but no, it's all good. You know, yeah, the fact that you're not a writer on the TV show's match game. Yeah. To me, they should be, all the producers should be put to death. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'll get you a no. list. I'll do <laughs> some mean, research. I mean, the, 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 the fact of the matter is... And you know I tried, right? Did I, you probably heard yeah, that I think, story. Yeah, I yeah. It's, it's not from me, like, not trying to... Yeah, but it. the thing of it is, it shouldn't be even be. Yeah. It should be, oh, yeah. there's Dennis, who's been doing it to aid the... Yeah, to aids the to to help the um, the center. Right. Let's bring him in because right. number one, we know he knows how to do it. Number two, he he slays it every time. Yeah. Number three, he's easy to work with. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, and happen. and it doesn't happen. And I think about that often, quite honestly. Well, you start to feel like it's your story in a way. Like you start to. Right, but that's tell yourself I'm, a story about it. That's which why you I'm saying do. that we, we all have to start saying, "How do we get paid? Yeah. How do you know? How do we monetize this? There's nothing yeah. wrong with being paid for your work, right? You know. And yeah. I think that as gay men, a lot of times, some of the gays figured out, "Oh, well, we'll get these other people and say it's for the cause, it's for this." Yeah. Can I tell another really quick story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was working. One of my first jobs was. Working as an assistant to a producer, to a gay producer, he'll right. he'll go unnamed. Are we a good time. Yeah, we're good. I okay. think I have only like a couple minutes left on okay. the actual thing. I have okay. time. Yeah. And so, big big Hollywood producer. Right. I'm working as his assistant, and th this is for AIDS Project LA is coming up. Right. Big thing. And I remember, him, and he had a boyfriend. Right. Who was a had been a hustler, and who stayed at home, and I saw the naked pictures that were on the desk. Yeah. And, and so they're talking about all the volunteers. And oh yeah, we got, oh yeah, we'll get plenty of volunteers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, but we gotta figure out a way how to pay Jimmy, yeah. his boyfriend. So it's like, so this money, this charity money. Yeah. So you're having all these people, but the guy who's running, he's taking a cut. Yeah. And his boyfriend, and he's taking a cut for his boyfriend. Right. And so I was like, oh. That's how it works. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. That's not fun. <laughs> that's, but you know, I mean, there, you know, and that's not to say that there aren't great people who do great work. Right. But you, there are a lot of people like you know, like the guy who did the age ride thing, yeah. who turned out to be a crook. Yeah. 
you know, so we gotta we gotta take care of ourselves first. Gotta yeah. put our own oxygen masks on. Put our own oxygen masks. Make your own parade. All right, it's been so fun talking to yeah. you. Yeah, I'm happy that the Together Alone's getting the spotlight Thanks. again, and I can't wait to see it again, and I can't wait to see your next project. That sounds Great. amazing. Thank All right, you. bye. Bye. Thank you again to PJ Castellaneta. If you're in France, go see his movie. And uh, I'm so glad we finally got to do an interview and catch up. All right, so this happened. As I mentioned in the interview, my friend Brett got married. One of my best friends uh, married his husband, Andrew. Great guy. Uh, happened down in Long Beach, this place called the Abel Venue. Kind of old-fashioned. Cool, very cool. It was, fab it was a fabulous place to get married. And everything was right together. The reception, it was great. Um... And then when Brett came down the aisle, I just started crying so hard. And I don't usually do that at weddings. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because he's one of my best friends or like one of my, like felt like a peer, like single in the city for a long time. Uh, I'm not sure what was so moving about it, but it was wonderful. I was, and it wasn't, it wasn't like I was jealous, like, oh, I wish it was me getting married. But I think there was something about Something it's so hopeful to do, to get married. And um, there's a lot of reasons in the world to not feel hopeful or to feel like, you know, good things, wonderful things can still happen. And having the evidence of that right there uh, happening to one of your best friends, I don't know, it was so powerful. But um, I was happy to be a part of it. And then, oh, this is fun. Uh, the last night after the wedding, the day after... Uh, they had a pajama pizza party in their hotel suite in Long Beach, and we played You Don't Know My Life, and it went over really well, and it was a great way to mix some of, like, the Andrews people from back east, and then Brett's friends from here, and then also uh, Brett does uh, make up for Reba McIntyre, so Reba played, and Melissa Peterman, another friend of Brett's, the actress from Reba, they played, and they were hilarious and fun and totally got into the spirit of it. It was really great. Um, there was one point where the question was, what's something you tried once and thought never again? And one of the stories was about somebody who said that they had sex in an organ pit in a church on top of fiberglass curtains. Now that's an image, right? So it was hilarious because somebody, and I think the hashtag might've been organ grinder, um, I don't know, but it was hilarious because somebody guessed that that was Reba, which is just outrageous. And it wasn't. It was somebody else in the circle. But just that moment of like, of like thinking that it might be was pretty classic. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, 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 I was really happy that the, the game was able to bring people together at the end and in a really fun way. And um, it was great. It was a great weekend. And I'm so happy for Brett and Andrew. And um, the point is, takeaway, hope floats and it exists all right that's all i have for this week thank you for listening we'll catch you next time on dennis anyone bye, bye.